Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. Today we continue our series of messages entitled Friends. We're talking about all the various kinds of relationships of life, from marriage and family to your work relationships, your neighborhood relationships. What does it mean to be a good friend? What are the skills that we need to develop good friendships? What does God have to say to us about this? Well, we see in Scripture very clearly that God designed each one of us for relationships. He said of Adam in chapter 2 of Genesis, it's not good for Adam to be alone. And so God made him a helpmate Eve. And of course, that was the first marriage, the first relationship that existed. And so God designed us for relationship. It's not good to be alone. We need other people in our lives. And actually, the high points of life, as well as the low points of life, are centered around relationships. Your most joyous moments will happen with people, and some of your most painful moments will happen with people. It's just the reality of life. And as God designed us for relationships, he's also given us principles to live by, instructions that we are to follow that will help us to do our relationships well, according to his word, according to his will. I want to talk this weekend about building the right fences in your life. Another word I'll give you here that will be the focus of our week, our weekend. I want to talk to you about boundaries. Would you say boundaries with me? So today's message is all about building the right fences or establishing the right boundaries in your relationships. The first thing that we must understand foundationally is that boundaries are a very important part of our lives. Life is lived within the context of boundaries. You live in the context of boundaries. If you own a house, you have a property line. That property line is most likely marked by some kind of marker, some kind of stake in the ground at different points along your property line. And inside that property line, that represents your territory. It is your grass, your ground, your area of responsibility that we'll come back to in just a moment. But you have some boundaries. All of life includes boundaries. In fact, Robert Frost said it this way as he wrote these words, good fences make good neighbors. And how true that is, the right kind of boundaries in life do a lot of good things for us. And these, this concept of boundaries is found all throughout the pages of the Bible. When God established the nation of Israel, he established boundaries for that nation. He told them what their boundaries, their borders would be to the north and south and east and west. When God allotted to the 12 tribes of Israel their portions of the promised land, he gave them boundaries. He told them this is the portion that is allotted to each of the 12 tribes. We see, for example, in the book of First Chronicles where there was a young man who needed his life to be expanded. His name was Jabez, and he prayed the prayer, Lord, would you enlarge my territory, enlarge the boundaries of the borders of my life, and God enlarged his life, enlarged his boundaries, his borders. Parents are taught the importance of establishing boundaries for their children. 
We're taught the importance of obeying the boundaries that God gives us. They're called commandments and laws. And all throughout Scripture, all these various boundaries and borders are described for us that need to be established in our life. And it's true for relationships. God's very clear about the boundaries of relationships. Let's look at some examples of this in Scripture. In Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 22, we're finding some fence posts or some boundaries that should guard the relationships of our life. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There are nine descriptions here. And each of these words, we might think of them as a fence that need to be around the relationships of your life. Guard your life with love. Guard your relationships with love. Guard your relationships with joy and peace and patience and kindness. That's established. These are to be the, the perimeters of every relationship in your life. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, God gives us boundaries about the way that we are to think. Notice he says here, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, notice what he says here, think about such things. So again, he gives us some fence posts, some boundaries for what we should allow in our minds. We should only think things that are true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. Let us filter out everything that runs contrary to those, those parameters, those borders, those boundaries of your own mind. And then he talks to us about the people in our life. He says there's some boundaries that you need to adhere to when it comes to your, your, the people that you invite into your world that you relate most closely to. He says do not be yoked together with unbelievers. He's setting a boundary. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the, of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate. He's establishing boundaries, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. So we see that very clearly there are boundaries in our relationships. Proverbs talks about this. In Proverbs 22, do not make friends. He's setting a boundary. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. So over and over again, we see very clearly in the Bible that God points out to us the boundaries that we're to live within in our life and the boundaries that we're not to step across. Boundaries are very important in life. Here's our second lesson for today. Boundaries define responsibility zones. What is a boundary? Well, a boundary really defines what is your business and what is none of your business. What is your responsibility and what is not your responsibility? And that's all a boundary is. If you have a boundary in your house and your property, you know that you're supposed to cut the grass on your side of the property line. You're not supposed to cut the grass on the other side of the property line unless you're invited to do so and unless the, the, the neighbor is going to receive that as a blessing from you. 
but you know where the property line is. You know that this belongs to me, and inside this, I'm responsible. So again, a boundary is a responsibility zone. What am I responsible for? What is my business, and what is none of my business? And life is lived at a higher level, and life is always better when we understand and live within boundaries, when you know what's your business and what's none of your business, and to fulfill your areas of responsibility. Paul speaks of this in Galatians 6, verse 5. For each one should carry their own load, their own responsibility. Don't try to place responsibility for your life on somebody else. Carry your own load. Carry your own responsibility. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due, for, due us for the things done while in the body. Here the Lord very clearly says, one day every one of us are, will stand before God and give an account not for somebody else's life. We're only going to give an account for our lives. When you go and stand before God one day, he's not going to ask you about your husband. He's not going to ask you about your wife. He's not going to ask you about your neighbor. He's not going to ask you about anyone else. The only thing in that moment that's going to matter is what you did with your life. He's going to hold you accountable for how you lived your life. How did you take responsibility for you? In 2 Corinthians, or excuse me, 2 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul describes here uh, some problems people were having with this issue of, of, of handling their own areas of responsibility. He says, for now we hear rumors that some of you are being lazy and neglecting to work, that these people are not busy, but busy bodies. So with the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, we order them, very strong word, we order them to go back to work in an orderly fashion and exhort them to earn their own living. Brothers and sisters, don't ever grow weary in doing what is right. Here Paul says, I've learned that some of you are not busy, you're busy bodies. What's a busy body? A busy body is someone who is prying into or meddling in the affairs of someone else. They've lost connection with just their own area of responsibility, and they're trying to engage with someone else's area of responsibility, and they're busy bodies. Paul said you don't need to be a busy body. Be busy taking care of the things in your own life. So what I want to do for these next few moments, I'm going to describe for you seven responsibility zones. Say that with me. Seven responsibility zones. These are the zones of your life that you're responsible for that one day you're going to stand before God and you will give an account to God for how you handle these areas. Number one, you're going to stand before God and give an account for your own actions. Not someone else's actions, but for your own actions. What did you do with your life? And so it's not about anyone else. That's your responsibility and mine. What did we do? What actions did we take? You're going to stand before God and give an account for, and you are responsible for your own emotions, your feelings. Well, you made me feel. No, you can't, exp you can't blame your feelings on someone else. Your feelings are your own feelings. And so you have to own responsibility for your feelings to deal with your own emotional stuff. You can't place the responsibility for dealing with your emotional baggage on someone else. Why? Because it's your baggage. Amen? I mean, you need to take care of your own trash, right? Amen? Okay. If you're making trash, take care of it. Take care of your own trash. Take care of your own baggage. You own this, and you'll find that that's where a real victory starts happening is when you own responsibility for your emotions. 
If you're trying to help anyone in this process of maturing in their life or getting over emotional issues, one of the first things you try to do is get them to actually own this because once they own it, they can do something about it. As long as they're blaming it or excusing it, they'll never change. They'll never grow. They'll never heal from it. So we own our actions. We're responsible for our actions. We're responsible for our emotions. We are responsible for our own thoughts. Who controls what's in your mind? You do. You have responsibility. I have responsibility for what goes, in my, what goes on in my own thinking. That's why Paul told us that we're to think a certain way. And so you're in charge of your mind. What comes, what happens inside your head is really up to you. And then we're responsible also for our reactions and responses. How you react to people, how you respond to people, whose responsibility is that? It's yours, it's mine. I couldn't help it, I just had to slap him. (laughs) Well, yeah, you you could help it, okay? You made the choice to react in anger or to react in frustration, so it, it came out of you, and maybe there was something that was a stimulus that prompted that, but you had charge over what you would do, and so your reactions belong to you and your responses belong to you, and so you're the one that that's the boundary. You live within that world that you need to own. Then we're responsible for all of our own words, what we say. Well, I couldn't help it. I just had to say it. Well, yeah, you could help it. You didn't have to say it. You could have said it differently, or you could have said you could not, you could have made the choice not to say it at all, but because you popped off at the mouth, you hurt someone and affected their, 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 their emotions and affected the relationship in some way. And so oftentimes this happens because we don't own the responsibility of our words. The Bible says the power of life and death are in the tongue. And so we get to choose how we will speak to other people. It's our choice. And then you and I have the responsibility of our own work. You're responsible to do your own work, whatever that work is, whatever assignment God has given to you. That could be in the professional realm of your life, your occupational realm, the work that you do in your family. You say, well, I don't have to work. Other people are slacking off. I'm going to slack off too. No, that's not how God works. God says, look, I gave you an assignment. It's not about what anybody else does. It's about what you do. Will you be faithful to do what I've asked you to do? That's in the sphere of the boundaries that I'm going to hold you responsible for. These are boundaries for your life. You're accountable for these things before me. And then you and I are responsible for our own what? Health. You're responsible for your spiritual health. You know that your pastor isn't responsible for your spiritual health? I'm not responsible for your spiritual health. I'm responsible to help you in your spiritual health, to feed you and to nurture you and to help you to be encouraged to follow God and serve God. But if you want to, there there are a lot of people that will go to church and have a great pastor, but they never get spiritually healthy because they don't own their own spiritual health. Whose responsibility is it for your own emotional health? It's your responsibility. Your mental health, it's your responsibility. Your physical health, whose responsibility? It's your responsibility to be a healthy person. And so you have to choose whether you're going to pursue that or not. And so you're not, here's the other thing to remember, you're not responsible for any of those things in anybody else's life. You're not responsible for somebody's actions or their emotions or their thoughts or their reactions or their responses or their words or their work or their health. You're not responsible for any of that in anybody else's life, but you are responsible for it in your own life. That's called a boundary, okay? So what is my business and what is 
None of my business. What is my responsibility and what is not my responsibility? What are my own personal responsibility zones? Here's the third thing that we learn in today's lesson about boundaries. Boundaries help protect us from trespasses and trespassing. Let's talk about these for a moment. Does the word trespasses or trespassing, the root word trespass, does that ring a bell for you biblically? Do you ever think, you think of a verse of scripture when you see that word? Do you? Okay. Why don't you help me out here? Our Father, which art in Let's everyone together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And all the church said, amen. Amen. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What is a trespass? You know what a trespass is. You see signs oftentimes, no trespassing. What does that mean? Don't you put your foot on my property. That's what it means, okay? It means stay away. There's a line here, either a physical fence or an invisible fence that says, that's my property, no trespassing. That is, that's a boundary marker that you're not to step across. What is a trespass with God? It's when God establishes a boundary and says, this is right and this is wrong. And when you and I choose to do what God says not to do, what have we done? We've trespassed against him, right? We've crossed a boundary that God said do not cross. And of course, we do it to our own detriment. That's what gets us in trouble many times. And so in life, we trespass against God And sometimes we trespass against people, and sometimes people trespass against us, right? What is a trespass against a person? A trespass against a person is you violate their... You step into a world that you're not supposed to be in. You step into their world and you do something that hurts them, that damages them in some way, but you cross the line with them that you shouldn't cross. You stepped over, you trespassed the boundary. That's why boundaries are there because they guard us or keep us from trespassing against God and trespassing against people. How does someone trespass against you? They step over a boundary in your life that creates pain or hurt or problems for you that should not have been there. They, if you will, sin against you in the same way that we often sin against God. These are trespasses. Boundaries protect us from trespasses. Look at this next verse. For if you forgive others their trespasses... Their reckless and willful sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And in this series, we're going to talk more about uh, this whole idea of forgiveness. It's very important that we understand how to forgive people when they trespass against us. But for today's purpose, I just want to define what a trespass is. So let's take a look at four things that go along with, with a trespass. What does a trespassing involve? It means going where you shouldn't go. Okay, that's all a trespass is. Going where you shouldn't go. If there's a line there, you shouldn't go there. You step over it. You've trespassed a boundary. It involves doing what you shouldn't do, okay? Going where you shouldn't go and doing what you shouldn't do. 
That happens obviously in the natural realm, but also in the spiritual realm as well. A trespass is also about speaking when you shouldn't speak, saying something you shouldn't say, being engaged in a conversation you shouldn't be engaged in. It includes things like, like, like gossip and slander and harsh, evil words that you speak, destructive words that you speak to others. You trespass. You know, when you gossip against someone, what are you doing? You're trespassing against them, right? When you speak harshly against someone, what are you doing? You're trespassing uh, against them. And it involves, here's another thing it involves, trespass involves controlling what you're not responsible to control. Wow. Or at least trying to control what you're not responsible to control. Can I ask you, without a show of hands here today, do we have any control freaks in the house today? Okay. And this is perhaps one of the biggest things that represents a trespass. Trying to control what we're not responsible to control. Trying to control someone in a way that we want them to be or in something we want them to do when we're actually not responsible for that. Anytime you're trying to control someone for something that you're not responsible for in their life, there are two things that will always accompany that process. Number one, you're going to experience great fatigue. It's tiring trying to control everybody else, isn't it? Okay. Is it tiring trying to control other people? Really tiring. But I'll tell you something else you're going to experience. Frustration. Because you're going to discover quite, quite quickly that all your efforts at trying to control someone else and getting them to do what you want them to do and trying to, I'll put another word on the board, trying to fix them. Anybody have any projects in their life? People you're trying to fix and you're trying to control them and you're trying to fix them in a certain way. And what happens is, is you're trying to control and fix them. You're, you're just stepping all over their boundaries, trying to control them and fix them and do things, get them to do stuff you want them to do. And you're trying to manipulate their life in a certain way. And that's really tiring. It's very frustrating. And it's also, let me, I've got a lot of words coming to my mind right now. It's also very futile. It doesn't work, okay? I've learned over the years that anybody I try to control or fix usually gets worse rather than better, okay? And what we have to learn to do is to become really self-aware about this. Aware when you're trying to control and when you're stepping on boundaries that you didn't realize you were stepping on and become aware of this and to pay attention to the responses of other people because people will give you a cue. They'll give you a nonverbal cue when you start invading their boundaries. Do you know that? Have you noticed that before? That when you start getting into somebody else's business, they'll send you a message. Eventually, the message may become verbal, but initially it's nonverbal. I'm going to talk about this later on this series. About 85% of our communication is nonverbal in nature. So when we communicate with someone, most of the time, we don't really say anything, but we give signals, okay? And so you, got to get, you need to get good at reading signals, being aware of that, and learning how to own your own stuff. Because if you don't, you're going to be stepping all over people all the time. And you're wondering, why is our relationship not working? Well, it's not working because you're just blowing past all these boundaries all the time. And when you blow past them, you're wondering, well, what's going on? And, and there's a resistance in the relationship, all because boundaries aren't being properly appreciated. 
Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.